Welcome to HII Talking Points, a Huntington Ingalls Industries podcast. Twice a quarter, we'll sit down with HII leaders to discuss topics of interest in our company and industry. and welcome to another episode of HII Talking Points. I'm Phoebe Richards, and joining me today is HII President and CEO Mike Petters. Mr. Petters, welcome, as always. Thanks, Phoebe. Good to see you again. In previous episodes, we've talked a lot about transformation and how HII is changing from within. Part of this change comes from HII's Technical Solutions Division, which you have described as HII's growth engine. Today, I want to talk more about growth and how you envision HII's strategy going forward. So first off, you've mentioned in the past your desire to build upon and expand HI's core capabilities. What are those capabilities and how can we harness them to grow the business? Well, I think the, the central core of the business is that we are a workforce development company. And we, we create workforce that has a broad range of capability, whether it's, um, you know, any any aspect of shipbuilding um, is there's there's tremendous technological capabilities. Uh, there's there's craftsmanship. There's leadership. There's lots of just about anything you can think of gets used in the shipbuilding enterprise. I mean, the shipyards that we operate are actually larger than the um, capital, the county seat of the county I grew up in. If wow. you think about that for a minute, I mean, the, the, the city that was about 10 miles away from where I grew up had about 6,000 people in it. And, uh, you know, our shipyards are two or three times bigger than that. And so that's a a remarkable array, range, really, of broad capabilities. And and so the first piece of it is, as a core, we've got to be aware and not just proficient, but we've got to be superior at creating that workforce. Um, and then, you know, the, we have, the, we have the, the advantage that we actually have a customer that wants that. You know, the Navy really want, needs it, frankly, for what they want to do in the future. But the challenge is how do you get uh, other customers involved in that? Right? How do you create uh, channels of access to other customers for that capability? If we're doing it well for the Navy, that's great. Um, but in this day and age, kind of diversifying the customer set is a, is a way to um, not only uh, reduce the risk to the business, but also actually to bring more capability back to bear on the Navy side. So. Um, so from my standpoint, it really is all about workforce development and how, to, how are we going to manage that. And so that applies across the board. Yeah, across the board. I mean, it, it kind of starts and, you know, this company has as it, at its core, it's, a, it's been shipbuilding that has been the core of this business. Uh, and you can map out lots of different futures, but it's hard to imagine a future for this company that, that doesn't have – that relationship with the Navy as the core of what we do. Um, we have created uh, capabilities and we have found other customers for those capabilities. And that's been, uh, you know, we're, 
uh, eight and a half years now into this uh, journey, uh, that's been pretty rewarding for us. And we've, we've expanded our horizon to now not only are we the principal Navy shipbuilder, uh, but we're also a prime for the Department of Energy. And we support, um, you know, the intelligence community. Uh, and we have advanced cyber capability in this company. Those are things we didn't have eight and a half years ago. Um, but as we've worked on expanding our capability, expanding our channels of access to these customers, uh, what we found is that there are customers that desperately need this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, so we can provide good value for that. So expanding upon the, the bit that you just mentioned, um, so HRI, like you said, has a shipbuilding legacy, but new acquisitions like G2 and Fulcrum under technical solutions are adding fields like cybersecurity to our portfolio, like you mentioned. So what are some other growth opportunities for the company? Well, you know, if you look at the businesses that technical solutions is in, those are, those are some pretty cool businesses. Uh, I don't think there's any question that the Navy's going to have uh, a future that has more unmanned platforms in it. Whether they're undersea or on the sea, um, I think that an unmanned capability is going to heavily influence the way the Navy thinks about its concept of operations and what kind of fleet it needs and all of that. Um, We made a very small acquisition of... Uh, a few years ago where we, where we um, bought the, the Columbia Group in, down in Panama City, we were not really buying their business. We were, we were buying their technology. Mm-hmm. And just to sh- kind of show how this works, um, they had uh, built uh, Proteus, which I think everybody has seen and heard about Proteus. It's, man, it's a manned uh, or unmanned uh, undersea vehicle. And, um, uh, and in the process of doing that, they have access to lots of customers that, frankly, don't interact with, um, with Navy shipbuilding. And so our, as we began to engage in that process, we began to learn more about what the UUV business was looking like. Uh, we've been working really hard with that, and uh, we've gotten ourselves into a position where uh, we're now going to manufacture the, um, the XLUUV for Boeing. Now, I would tell you that uh, we probably would not be in that position had we not made that small investment in the technology mm-hmm. you know, several years before that. Because that put us into the arena. We weren't at the front of the line. We weren't, you know, we weren't the prime or anything like that, but we were in the space. And once we were in the space, you know, Boeing made a significant investment in Echo Voyager uh, to demonstrate uh, the capability. The Navy really liked that. Um, and then Boeing turned around and said, well, we've demonstrated it, but we really need somebody who understands how to manufacture it to help to be a partner. You know, another area that is very uh uh, interesting to me, and I think this is one that has been, you know, pretty evident for my whole career. Uh, we do a lot of environmental work and nuclear work, specifically, and we do environmental work in all of our Navy business, but this, the nuclear work uh, specifically in Newport News. The Department of Energy does lots of has lots of environmental work to do, and they do a lot of nuclear operations. And 
I have watched us over my whole career try to figure out how to penetrate that market mm-hmm. and create access to the Department of Energy. When we created the Technical Solutions Division uh, and separated it from the shipyards, and we made uh, we we then allowed the those businesses to approach the market uh, in in a way that's different than they would if they were inside the shipyard and the way shipyards approach their markets. Um, we went in a, in a, in a couple of years. We went from having one being part of one team in the DOE space to being basically a prime and part of two more teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was remarkable the way that, I mean, that just demonstrates to me that we do have a very valuable capability and that we need to make sure that we have, that we are creating the right channel of access to those customers. Um, you know, those are two areas that we're working in technical solutions that I think are just, uh, they're, they're not only have we had success, but I think that there's opportunity there to expand it. And our shipyards go to market in a particular way. Um, our businesses like uh, AMSEC, Camber, G2, Fulcrum, the, the energy business, they go to market in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And having them be inside of the shipbuilding business was unintentionally uh, blocking their ability to go to market. It was not a, we weren't, we weren't telling them not to go to the market. We just didn't understand that they needed to do it differently. Um, and so once we, once we put all the companies that go to the market the same way in the, in the technical solutions division, we've had really good success there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has been, that gives us confidence that we can then um, expand those channels to the customers that we've created there, but also to other customers that really need to reach into the deep capability this company has. Mm-hmm. So growth is good. But with growth comes growing pains. Um, how do you think we can reduce risk while still transforming and expanding our business? Well, I think uh, you know risk is one of those things that we've kind of just got to we've got to get our heads around a little bit uh, a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I think we if you go to the nuclear business that we have, we do an awful lot of things in the nuclear business to engineer the risk away from the actual operation. We have a lot of businesses, though, that are not like that. And we, we have to work hard. Uh, we have to work hard to make sure that we're not trying to um, be perfect all the time. You know, we, we're on the 50th anniversary of the uh, Apollo moonshot. And there's been lots of stuff this summer about it. And I, I was nine years old when the, when the, um, the mission happened. And I, I remember it specifically. I grew up in Florida. Oh, yeah. We could watch the launches on TV and then go out and stand in the backyard. And, uh, you know, we're on the west coast of Florida. These were happening on the east coast of Florida. But about a minute to a minute and a half into the flight, you could see the rocket going up over the, over the orange trees. Wow. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was really relevant to, to um, my, me and mm-hmm. to my family. And in fact, I have a brother today who is an engineer at NASA. He's actually a program manager at NASA working on the, the, um, the next moonshot, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go back and you read the history of that program, and specifically my earliest memory is the Gemini program. 
the Gemini program, I think it's kind of without broad brushing it too much, I think it's pretty fair to say that something went wrong with every one of the launches. Mm. In every one of the missions they had in the Gemini program, they had something go wrong. They had 10 missions. They had, they were, every 60 days, they were putting another rocket up. And at the end of it, until the last mission, on the last mission, everything seemed to go okay. Now, I want you to think about the, the attitude of, well, everything seemed to go okay. All right, let's go to the moon. And right. that's what happened. You, you, you look back on that and you say, could we do that again? And um, I guess I would encourage folks to say, sure, we can. Mm-hmm. That's a leadership issue. That's a, that is about you and your organization trying to find ways to take, to squeeze as much value out of constructive failure as you possibly can. When people ask me or, or comment to me about the company is, um, you know, we might be risk adverse or something like that, my, my response to that is, you know, when was the last time you celebrated somebody's failure in your organization? Because if, you, if they failed in a way that allowed you to learn something, then that's constructive. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, let's, let's find ways to take advantage of that. Um, instead of uh, kind of the classic way, which is if, you know, people make mistakes and they get punished for it, and then the next thing is people become afraid to make mistakes and then they don't want to take risk. I think we've got to move on from that. I actually think that you don't get to be 133 years old without taking risk. Right. So I think we got to give ourselves a little bit more credit. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think we actually do take a lot of risk around the company, um, and I and I think that we can celebrate that more. You know, the, that where we take a chance, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But we took the chance and we learned something from it, and now we're going to move on. Right. And I would just say everybody's talking about the Apollo program, but remember the Gemini program because that was the one. The Gemini program, if they hadn't taken all those risks in that program, the Apollo program never would have happened. Never would have happened, yeah. So one last question, switching gears a bit. How do you see our workforce transforming as we continue to grow the company? Well, we, we're, we're kind of caught in the, uh, you know, we've talked for, uh, we've talked for most of my career, frankly, about the barbell demographic in the company, where because of the end of the Cold War, we kind of lost the middle of our demographic. Mm -hmm. We have very senior folks and we had very junior folks. I think what's happened in the last uh, four or five years is that I think there's been two things that have happened. One is the very senior folks are now retiring. Um, The second thing that's happening is the business is growing. Mm-hmm. And so we're not just we're not just hiring to replace the senior folks. We're actually hiring more than that. And I think that our leadership challenge going forward to successfully transform the business is to, number one, take advantage of what our new hires bring to us from a fluency in technology um, and their cultural fluency and their inclusiveness and all of those things that are going to help people, empower people to be contributors to us. Um, The second thing is, though, that on the other side, we've got to give them tools. We've got to make sure that we're supporting uh, 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 folks in new jobs uh, with the right set of tools and the right set of mentoring and the right set of help so that, um, you know, we're only going to be as successful as they are in those new jobs. Right. Great discussion. All right. Thank you, Mr. Petters, for taking the time. Well, Phoebe, it's always great to see you all and uh, nice talking with you. Great. 
Thanks for listening to HII Talking Points. This podcast was produced by Huntington Ingalls Industries Corporate Communications Team. We welcome your feedback and ideas for future podcasts at www.huntingtoningles.com slash podcast. <laughs>